What's up, everybody? <clears throat> it's your boy, Marky Mark. This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. This is episode 52. I can't believe we made it past 52 episodes. I can't believe we still have listeners. I, I thought just after the first one we'd be done. But thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. You can check us out on social media, uh, brokenness underscore two faith, um, brokenness underscore two underscore faith um, on Instagram. I was just blanking out there, but we we don't edit stuff. We keep it real. So when I mess up, we keep it real. We keep it 100. You can also email us, brokennesstofaith at gmail.com if you have any questions. Um, If you saw on social media, um, the la- latest post we did on Instagram, um, we came out with the title for this episode, and it was entitled, I'm in love with a ghost. And you might be thinking, like, what do you mean? Like, is this some cheesy take on, like, I'm in love with the Holy Ghost? You know, and, and, and it's just clickbait, it's just listen bait? No, um, I do believe in the, in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, Obviously, that's biblical, but this is not what we're going to be talking about today. Talking about literal ghosts, like you're going to talk about demons and ghosts and these things that some people think is not real, some people think is real, some people think that every little bad thing out there is demonic or is full of different types of ghosts and things like that. No, we're not going to really be talking about that either. Um,. I'm in love with the ghost. What, is, what does this have to do with the Bible? What, what are we going to get at here? Well, I want to um, talk to you guys. I have some notes here and some scripture because you got to back everything up with scripture. But um, I want to just have a little rant here, a little ghost rant, if that's okay with you guys. Um, so I used to have a problem with gambling. Actually, um, it's been, I, I believe, within... The month of December, we're in December right now as of this recording. Um, I don't know what day exactly, but as of the month of December, it's been three years since I've played the tables. Blackjack, Spanish 21, roulette. Uh, there was times where, uh, one time where I spent like 10, 11 hours straight sitting there playing the tables. Went up like $9,000 and eventually lost it all because I'm an idiot. Um, well, thankfully, that was a breaking point for me to go get help, but um, uh, it felt like an hour, two hours, even though I was there like 10, 11 hours. There's plenty of times where like I would be driving to work and be like, well, I got two hours before work, you know, as I'm getting ready to leave. You know, I'm going to go to the casino real quick and play the tables, and I thought that was a smart strategy because, you know, once I was up, I would have to leave because I would have to go to work, and this and that and that and this, and I would go all the time, and Sometimes um, I'll be driving near one because we live in the Coachella Valley, Palm Springs area. And sometimes you drive by, you're driving around and they're just there because there's a ton of them here in the valley. And it was just this urge, just like, oh, I'll just go in. I'm just going to play a little bit. And it never ended well. And I used to have this thought, you know, and and, um, that, man, I'm just struggling with this. Uh, It's just a struggle. Like, I'm single, 29 I'm not a virgin, and I've looked at pornography. I've slept around. But to be honest with you, that wasn't my biggest addiction. My biggest, although it's all wrong, and it can all send you to hell for sure, my addiction was gambling. I, I could go days without something sexual, but I, I, I was like almost every day 
I thought about gambling and um it was like I could drive by a casino and have this impulse. I used to say, you know, I, I'm just struggling with with gambling, this gambling problem. Yet as I got in my recovery now, I'm almost three year I'm three years now, I don't remember the exact day, so the month, three years away from playing the tables and stuff. Um I had this thought at some point, kind of recently, I didn't struggle with gambling. And you might think, what? You just shared a story about how you were there for like 10, 11 hours and it felt like two. You know, you talk about how you'd have this impulse. You talk about how you'd go before work a lot. You, you thought about it every day. How is, how is that not a struggle? Because when you struggle with something, that to me says there's a fight. You're trying to fight. There's two sides. I didn't struggle. Want to know why I didn't struggle? Because there wasn't a fight. I didn't fight it. I would have an impulse. I would think about it. I should drive past it. Nope. Boom. And, and I would go right in. It wasn't a struggle. You see, a lot of people say things like, oh, I just struggle with this. I struggle with that. But are you really fighting? Because if you're not really fighting, then it's not really a struggle. You see, people, oh, I just struggle with alcohol. Yet the moment it's put in front of them or the moment they go to a bar and restaurant, they have a beer with their meal. And it wasn't even a fight. You don't struggle when you blatantly, straight up, just go for it. And I said, but I don't want it. Yeah, you're right. There's things you straight up do without hesitation that, honestly, looking back, you don't want. But that's not a struggle. And you see, what does this have to do with, um, I'm in love with the ghost? Well, we're going to be talking about the past. We're going to be talking about a few different things that have to pertain to our past. Let's get into it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 I'm going to pull up the verse here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The old has gone, the new is here. Uh, uh, Colossians 3, 9 through 11. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. That first part, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. You've taken off the old self. With this practice, with the things that go with it, and I put on the new self. Look at uh, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do you not dwell on the past? See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Forget the former things. Let's look at some of these things. Therefore, as anyone is in Christ, the new creation come. The old is gone. Look at this one. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices. The old is gone. That's one verse. Uh, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. That's another verse. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. There's a theme here, right? There's a theme with what's going on here. We need to move on. We need to forget the former things. We can't dwell on the past. If we call ourselves Christians, then we can't. We have taken off the old self and its practices. And the new creation has come. That means the old 
is gone. See, when it comes to earthly things, you can have two things. You can have both things. Like, like for me, my roommate makes fun of me because when I get home and I have groceries in hand to make dinner, he's like, let me guess, pasta? Let me guess, pizza? And it usually is. Sometimes, as weird as it sounds, I will take a frozen pizza from the grocery store and I'll, I'll bring it home. Before I even cook it, I will cut it in half. I will take a, a big just cutting knife and you say, why are you going to cut it? It's frozen. So what I do is I'm able to then take half that pizza and I will put it in the oven and cook it. The other half will stay in the freezer for when I want it later. But then I also have a side of pasta I got to make. You know, you grade your own cheese. You put some garlic, salt. Those are some tricks. Don't get some shredded cheese. Grade your own cheese. Get a block of mozzarella. Shred it yourself. Add some uh, garlic salt to the pasta when it's done cooking. Make sure you salt the water really good. Just little things you can do. But anyways, like I could have pasta and I could have pizza on the same plate if I want. You know, you can go to a buffet and you can have multiple things, right? You can have multiple things. But when it comes to the spiritual side of things, you cannot have both God and your ghost. You cannot have both God and your past. You cannot have both God and the things of the world that you once um, were living in completely. You cannot have both. Are there earthly things that are okay to have? Yeah, it's not like you just have God. Like spiritually, yeah, you only have God. But you can go to baseball games. You can play video games. You can play sports. You can, you know, exercise. You can go out to eat with friends, go to the movie. You can do things. But when it comes to the spiritual side of things, you can't have both God and something else. As like your allegiance. It, you know. I, I love the song. Uh, song lyrics that say. Um, it's got to be more like falling in love. Than something to believe in. More like I'm giving my heart. Than pledging my allegiance. You see. When it comes to God. When it comes to the things we. We have in this life. You cannot have both God. And your past. You cannot have both God. And your ghost. I mean, we read these scriptures, uh, the old has gone. You know, uh, this the other one we read, since you have taken off your old self. Look at the next one. Forget the former things. I mean, why is it when I say I'm in love with the ghost? We're talking about how right now we need to forget the former things. We need to not dwell in the past. We're new creations. You know, we've taken off our old self. So why is it then that if the old is gone, then why is it as Christians, we still have these ghosts around? What do I mean by that? I mean, like, when you're living in the world, you know, God wasn't in your life, completely living world. When you come to Christ, but yet you still are dabbling in some of your sin, um, it's like it's not completely there, but it's a ghost. It, the, the memories of it are still there. Oh, maybe I used to go to the casino, you know, three, four times a week for me. And then you come to Christ and you say, eh, I only go like once or twice a month. It's not that bad. It's like you're leaving a ghost there. It's still there. It might not be the full human. It might not be the full thing, but it's still there. And why do we go back to those things, even if it's not as much before we were a Christian, but why do we go back to those ghosts? Why do we go back to those things? Well, we know oh, I can't go back to that addiction but here and there's okay. I can't go back to pornography and masturbation. 
but this scene that's that's about to come on in this movie, it, it's just for a minute. It's not that big of a deal. We allow these things to sit there. We allow these ghosts to still be there. And that's no good. Why are we still in love with our ghosts? Why are we still in love with our past? Let's look at another scripture because everything, everything we talk about has to be um, with scripture, right? Everything we talk about has to be um, in scripture. I'm going to get it here. Philippians uh, 3, uh, 13 and 14. Right here, Philippians 3, 13 and 14 uh, says right here, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Um, Hold on, I'm going to get it in another translation here Philippians if I can pull see this is real here people I'm not I'm not trying to BS you anything like I this is 100% as is Philippians 3 13 to 14 in this translation brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Look at look at this. Uh, I like uh, where it says here. Let me scroll. Let me look at my notes. But I press on. That was one of the things it said. Because Paul realized that he had not arrived. There was only one option open for him. He had to press on. There was no turning back for him. No turning back. When you come to Christ, we cannot go back to those old ghosts. You say, but it's just one drink. It's just with my, I've got it under control. If something controlled our lives, why are we even allowing it just to come back into our life just a little bit? Why are we allowing the, our, you know, our spiritual windows to be opened up so the ghosts can hang out with us? Why are we doing that? I like this uh, little read here. And... Um, it kind of has to do, um, kind of has to do with with what we're talking about. Not completely, but I really like it. Um, when Spain led the world in the 15th century, her coins reflected her national arrogance, and were inscribed "Ni plus ultra," which meant nothing further, meaning that Spain was the ultimate in all the world. After the discovery of the new world, she realized that she was not the end of the world. So Spain changed the inscription on her coinage to plus ultra, meaning more beyond. In the same pattern, some Christian lives say nothing further, and others say more beyond. But I press on meant that Paul had put his hand to the plow and refused to look back. You see, we need to... Press on. We need to keep going on. Do not let the wind, the spiritual windows open and let these ghosts hang out. We cannot be in love with the ghost. I'm in love with the ghost. No, we cannot have that. We cannot allow those things to still be there. 
and, and I want to tell you, because there's a cost. You say, well, I, I used to be an alcoholic, but now it's just a beer here and there. And legitimately, it might not be a big deal right now. You used to be a gambling addict, and it might not be a big deal right now. You used to be a porn addict, and it might not be a big deal right now. But if you allow little things in, you allow these ghosts to hang out, it's almost like you didn't finish the job. It's almost like you didn't completely finish what needed to be done. See, think about like when you're building a house, right? How many walls do you need? You need your four main walls. If And let's say part of one of the walls is left open. And you try to sell that house. But part of one of the walls is, is just open. You can see outside. And it's not a window. It's just part of the wall wasn't finished. You think people are going to want, want that? No, they're not going to want that. Why? Because things can come in. Because if, if the four walls aren't secure, what happens? If there's a hole in one of the walls, you could get bugs. You could get um, even stray animals. People could easily break in without actually having to break in. They can just walk right through, right? No one's going to want that. You wouldn't want that. That'd be stupid. And the same goes for our lives when it comes to the things of the past. You know, the ghost, the sin we were in love with. We cannot leave spiritual doors open. We cannot let them linger. I'm not going to tell you drinking's a sin or not, but if you used to be if you, if you used to be a, a heavy alcoholic, then you shouldn't even touch the stuff. Some Christian down the street loves God, serves the Lord, really loves Him, but has a drink with their with their dinner once in a while. That might not be a big deal for them, but if you used to be an alcoholic, don't let that ghost back in your house. And, and let me prove it to you. Let's look at the effects of some of these things. Second uh, Peter two. 20 to 22. 2 Peter uh, 2, 20 to 22. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness and having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mar. Look, look at this. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. It is better for a person to have never known a thing about Jesus than to hear some truth, hold to it for a season, and then later reject it. Isn't that the truth? I love this phrase or quote, but it's super short. Greater revelation has a greater accountability. Why do you think, why, let me read that again first. Greater revelation has a greater accountability. Greater revelation has a greater accountability. Why do you think when the, the Bible talks about pastors and church leaders being held to a higher standard? Because we have greater revelation. It's not to say we're better than than people, but someone who walks in the church for the first time is probably going to know less about God and Jesus than the pastor on the pulpit who's been studying the Bible and and uh, been a Christian for many years. That's just the reality of it. And so we are held to a higher standard. If someone if someone messes up, 
they're a regular attendee and they mess up. You know, they look at porn one time or they they go to the casino once. You know, the church isn't going to tell them to step down or they need to leave or whatever. Why? Because they're just a regular attendee. They will help them to try to get right for sure. But if you're the pastor and you get caught at a casino or you get caught looking at porn, they're probably going to ask you to step down. They might give you a season to, to be restored. I know many people, I know, I know of many people that have um, lived in, excuse me, that have lived in sin and either they got caught or they came forward and then they had a time of restoration and then they were able to get back in the ministry. But, um, but we're called to a higher standard. If we are leaders in the church, we're called to a higher standard. And look at the effects. The latter end is worse than in the beginning. So if you know Jesus, and then you go back to those old ghosts, you go back to the things you were once in love with that you should not be in love with anymore because they will end in heartbreak, they will end in hurt, they will end in pain, they will end in suffering, they will end in hell. And it's even worse for you. It is even worse. Their end is worse than the beginning because they have returned to the pollutions of the world. These pollutions are called miasatma, probably uh, probably uh, mispronouncing that. I'm only saying it once. If you want to hear it again, you got to rewind. And it's things that infect, pollute, and defile. St. Augustine has improved on this image. The whole world, says he, is one great diseased man lying extended from east to west and from north to south, and to heal this great sick man, the almighty physician descended from heaven. We are a wretched, broken, diseased, hurt people. And Jesus, the great physician, died for us, and then went to hell for three days and descended into heaven thereafter. Yet we're like the dog, we go back to our vomit. We recognize Jesus died for us, but we go back to our vomit. We recognize Jesus has given us forgiveness and grace and hope, and we have felt it. And and literally, some of us have seen it. We've seen healing. We've seen miracles. Yet at the end of the day, we're still going back to our filth. We're still going back to our vomit. And and it, and it, it's sad. It's sad that 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 this happens. You know. A dog returns to its vomit. The nature as dogs is, is displayed by the way he returns to the vomit of the flesh and the world. The dog which has got rid of the corruption inside it through vomiting it up cannot leave well enough alone. It goes sniffing around the vomit again. Very true. Why is it that we throw up? We get rid of these things. We close all the windows. Right? But then after a while, we, we, we open up the window just to crack, and then we start letting that stuff back in. You know, we, we, we're, we're alcoholics, and, and then we, we stop drinking, and God's delivered us, but yet we're still willing to go to the bar once in a while to watch the sporting event, hanging around a bunch of uh, people getting drink, uh, drinking and getting drunk. And we're just allowing these little windows open up, letting our past ghost in. I'm in love with the ghost. Look at Hebrews 10, uh, verse 20. We'll start with verse 20. Let me get it here. Hebrews, uh, let's see if I can, uh, boom, boom, boom. See if I can get it here. Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews 10, 26, excuse me. I have very sloppy handwriting. If you know me, you know it's very sloppy. 
Uh, I couldn't even read my own handwriting there. Uh, uh, verse 26, and we're going to read 27. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. I want to read it from another uh, translation as well. Go to the book of Hebrews here. Uh, let's see. Let's boom, boom, boom. Hebrews. Okay, here we go. Hebrews 10, 26 and 27 says, If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You know, it goes back to what I said in the beginning in my rant. Was I really struggling with gambling when I was deliberately driving by casinos? When even the times I didn't mean to, but they were there and I just happened to go in. No, it wasn't a struggle because I wasn't fighting it. You have to put up a fight for something to be a struggle. And I want to ask you this. Are you trying to keep out the ghost? Are you really trying to keep keep the past in the past? Are you really are you really trying to press on? Because we know the effects that with greater revelation comes greater accountability. You're held to a higher standard than the world is once you come to Christ. You sleep around not a believer, yeah, it still ends up in hell. You still end up in hell. But there's greater punishment there's greater judgment when you come to christ and then you keep sleeping around that just is what it is if you claim to be a christian you are held to a higher standard we also learn through scripture you don't believe me go back read the scriptures i've been i've been sharing how when you come to the revelation of christ when you come to him and then you go back to your old ways it's going to come back even stronger and it's going to be, the judgment's going to be even worse. And the stronghold it's going to have on you is going to be even stronger than it was before. These are effects. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, I got Jesus in my life now. So if I still sleep around, well, at least I know I'm still going to heaven. I'm not getting into the once saved, always saved, or can you lose your salvation? I have my take on it. We have an episode or two on it in the past. You have to scroll through our past episodes. It's there. And I do give you an answer. I don't give you some some BS like in the middle. I, I truly have a side. But this idea here that regardless of that, if you are a Christian, don't think, well, I'm going to heaven now so I can still do some of these things. No, the judgment will be stronger. And you will fall back into your sin harder. Why even bother? Don't leave those windows open. So I ask you, what ghost do you still keep around? What ghost in your past that should be gone, dead, buried, not around, but what windows do you have open for the ghost to come in to your spiritual life that you are still holding on to? When it comes to sin, just like the title 
Um, I'm in love with the ghost. Silly as it sounds. Clickbait. I know. But are you in love with the ghost? Are there things in your past that you will not let go? You have not fully committed to pressing on, to moving forward to what God has for your life. Evaluate that. Talk to God about that. Help him, uh, ask him to help you see if there is, because maybe you don't see it. Ask a close friend, accountability partner, your pastor, your leader, female, male, someone your age, someone you look up to, someone just, it does, they could even be younger than you, but someone in the faith that you trust in these areas. And ask them, is there something you see in me that is not Christ like, or something that I used to struggle with that maybe. I'm not seeing, but I still kind of, I'm dabbling in that area. Do it. Trust me. Are you still in love with a ghost? Ask yourself that this week. This is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. If you hated what I said, you think it sucked, you think it was terrible, you can email us at brokennessfaith at gmail.com. Tell me it sucked, it was bad. Um... Tell me I was all wrong with my theology. Whatever you want to do. You can also follow us at brokenness underscore two underscore faith at Instagram. It's no longer a reoccurring joke because we actually update it now. We put up stuff. So please check it out. And if you have any questions, message us, email us. You want us to do a certain topic. You have pushback. That's great. When me and Noah do stuff together, sometimes we have pushback on each other. We're not always in agreement with everything. But everything with scripture, everything with prayer and going to God. Are you in love with the ghost? Think about it. Deuces. Deuces.